Uh, Glenn? Are we live? I'm not yes. saying the right saying we're live. We're it is live, July Paul. 1st, 2019, <laughs> the first Monday Night Raw of the Paul Heyman era. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Raj Giri and cosplaying as Guile from Street Fighter 2 in an homage to the Bucks and Kenny Omega on Saturday night is Mr. Matt Morgan. How's it you going, man? Paul Heyman didn't direct this show. We got Glenn sitting there playing with himself with his blue chew pills that he took earlier for 10 minutes before we went live. He didn't even know we were live. What the hell, Glenn? Glenn. The light still isn't on. You know, uh, mine is sometimes your equipment <laughs> doesn't perform. And speaking of, no, no just kidding. Uh oh, I'll take yeah. over. Great show, great kickoff to the show, Raj. I I agree with your tweet. You tweeted earlier that you, although I think you went a little heavy by calling it the best start of Monday Night Raw in a decade. Is that what you said? I mean, I, as far as uh, using current talent and things like that, I mean, the only other one I could think of is. You know Steve Austin when he uh, showed up at Raw 25, but that wasn't like current storylines. That was you know, you know uh, maybe you're right because a decade, ten years. You're right. Well, I mean, geez, what is that? You know what I mean? 2010. What really has happened since then? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, usually it's a long promo. You know that opens the show. The McMahon's yeah. talking forever. Yeah. Uh, so I thought this was. Uh, yeah, I thought this. This. I mean, I'm sure people in the chat will probably send some examples of stuff that was probably better, but this is one of the best ones I can remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glenn, we were just talking about how, uh, you know, Ross sent a tweet out earlier about he thought this was the best opening of Raw in a decade, it felt like. Um, I, I agree, it was a really amazing opening. Got it, got me. I was excited before the show started, though, to be fair. Paul Heyman has that effect. You know what I mean? Like, you want to see it do well. So when you're watching a show and you want to see it do well, there's a very big difference versus yeah. pessimistic Pete over here, me, watching <laughs> it with the glass half empty going, this sucks, you know, week in and week out. And not really giving the show a full, to be fair, 100% chance because I'm ready to crap on it immediately because I'm old, battered, down, you know, um, grizzled vet here. Yeah, we're used to it. We're used to, we kind of have uh, our expectations, kind of know what's what's going to happen. So I feel like, uh, I feel like the past few weeks, you know, ever since they've, uh, you know, the no action in the commercial breaks, they need to fix some of that stuff because some of these segments get awkward with all the two out of three falls matches and constantly restarting matches. Um, they don't need to do that. You can just have more segments and more matches as opposed to having to keep, you know, finding ways to keep the existing ones going on. But other than that, I thought it was, a, you know, the show moved pretty well. Um, mostly good. I thought it was mostly good tonight. And, you know, mm -hmm. some of it great. I love the AJ club angle. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I thought it was a third week in a row. I thought Raw was a really good show. And I can't remember the last time that's happened, like three weeks in a row. Before we get into it, am I wrong? Before we get into it, I don't know if you guys can hear me. Um, I don't, maybe I'm overrating this, but to me, Maria, Maria Canales stole the show. Oh, I tweeted that too. I thought she, uh, I mean, she's in there with Seth and, and Becky, and she just stole that segment, I right? We've not heard anything from her. I didn't even know they were under contract. I think you guys were telling this the other week to me when they were re signing people and that they were two people they re signed. I was in my head, I didn't want to admit this. In my head, I go, Holy shit, they're with WWE. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 205 Live, Matt. That's awesome, though. I mean, what is that? You know what I mean? You get interjected, and it just goes to show you. You know, and Paul knows her upside down, inside out. He used to work what? really close with her in OVW and some of the other talents, actually. Yeah. And he had always believed in her promo work. Yeah, I thought that segment just absolutely sucked until Maria got in there. And once she, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, uh, because the Seth and Becky stuff is you want to talk about getting getting some on you. Oh, Good boy. Lord. Oh, my gosh. That's not I tweeted this too. That's not doing either of them any favors. 
Poor Mike, though. So, oh all right. Poor Mike is right, but let's get going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's run through this. Yeah, so we opened with the Falls Count Anywhere match, Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley, and the Falls were frequent and were all over the arena mm -hmm. tonight, uh, leading to the moment we saw replayed, and gosh darn it, it deserved every single replay it got, which was Braun Strowman doing a running slam on Bobby Lashley through, I don't even know what we would even call it, it was it like was, the entire screen of the entrance. It wasn't a running slam, he hit him with his running tackle thing. Running here, tackle, pardon me. Right. And it was awesome though, because like you said, Glenn, we've never seen that before, in my opinion, I've never seen it done that exact way. That was dangerous, the way they did it, and it was really well done. Yeah, I feel like they've gone through the screen before, yeah. but the the way this was, was done, bad. I thought was very effective with, with having the the little fireworks and explosions and uh, yeah, and the way they sold it big time, like it was a, a huge moment. Corey Graves on air goes, "Holy yeah. shit!" It wasn't bleeped out. Yeah, um, it added to it. Yeah, it added to it. It just made it feel like a, it, it just made it feel like a huge deal, and like you just saw something big happen. And, the show had a much more uh, edgy aesthetic to it, I thought. Yeah, and I was almost worried that they were going to cheapen it by having Braun stand up at the end or something like that. But they didn't. Uh, you know, they sold it big, and, and I thought it was very effective. And I did not care about this program at all with Lashley and Strowman uh, before tonight. And this, you know, this really changed that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they had a, a fun little match before that spot, too. They were. Yes, uh, they did. They were killing each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were, uh, they were doing well. Yeah, I mean, it was a very, very serious match. Uh, this definitely was the most interesting thing, certainly better than the tug of war and arm wrestling contests that they had. Uh, but a great way to start the show and show they're doing something different. I mean, the amount of sparks that were flying and pyro that was going off uh, when they did that screen crash, that was uh, very impressive. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was a cool yeah. moment. Yeah, and they lingered on it with a backstage camera angle, seeing part of the entrance uh, backstage that you normally don't see. They were treating it like like something really serious happened. This wasn't one of those no cells where they just you know go, oh let's go on to the next thing. They gave it weight and context, which I thought really helped sell the severity of it. Yeah, yep. detail. Yeah, yeah. there's rumors of you know WWE having a new stage or you know you know usually. Uh, I mean, clearly they're going to have one for SmackDown when they move to mm -hmm. Fox. So you would think that they do the same for Rob, but I would I wouldn't think that would happen until October. But obviously mm -hmm. they could use this as a way to speed mm -hmm. that up. But mm -hmm. I, I don't see it happening just yet. Yep. Uh, and then unfortunately something had to follow this, and that was the Viking Raider Viking Raiders versus the New Day in a tag team match. Now this got interrupted by Samoa Joe pretty early on uh right before the commercial break so this was their excuse for stopping the action uh samoa joe got involved and attacked kofi kingston came out and then we had all three of the new day versus the viking raiders and samoa joe in a six-man tag which led to samoa joe and the viking raiders getting a victory and samoa joe putting kofi in the coquina clutch and choking him out okay i hated it until joe came out because i'm a joe fan so i was happy to see joe and kofi's angle you know um move forward this is this is what we're talking about when we say we Kofi needs an opponent he can beat. Um, I don't want to see Joe get beat though, obviously. But um, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? They're like he needs somebody he can beat that is, you know, Joe. They've screwed with Joe a lot, up and down, up and down, up and down, back and forth. But still, he's still somehow with Joe, and the fans respect him. So a win over him is that can help Kofi a hell of a lot more than Dolph Ziggler will. Yeah, and I, I'm. I mean, anyone that listens to this podcast knows I'm never a fan of the world champion getting pinned or submitted uh, right. unless it's a title change. But here, 
it made total sense. You know, uh, Joe yeah. needed that. I mean, he this was his it. first victory on TV right. since WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, they're putting him in the world title picture without giving him yeah. any wins. So he really needed it. I thought it was well done. And it made sense. Um, I, again, the, the restarting of the matches, I feel like it, it's just getting, it's just awkward. It but. Is. But it but it made sense. Uh, the Viking Raiders. I was surprised how little of a reaction they had at first. Um, I'm not. Are you shit. You serious? Why? Why would they get a big reaction? Uh, just because people from NXT, you know, the NXT. I mean, Street Profits got a huge pop. There was they accidentally showed the Street Profits at the beginning of the show uh, for a brief second. It was yeah. like a, a, a little camera flub. Uh, but you know, later on uh, the other segments. I mean, they got a huge pop. So you know. You get you know how that works though with NXT talents unless they're like the huge ones the huge stars like Nakamura or Finn Balor and Kevin Owens let's say and Sami Zayn if it's not one of them right main event super duper main event talents mm-hmm. um, and once they make their debut the lower level ones like yeah they get their NXT pop for like I don't know a couple a weeks week. on, yeah a couple yeah. weeks at most until WWE screws up their gimmick if yeah. they do or not they usually do so let's get Hopefully, Street Profits, it's different for them. Yeah. Well, do you think it's because Viking Raiders weren't in NXT long enough to really make a mark? There's a part to that, for sure. There's a little bit of that. Yeah, absolutely. And they botched their call-up with the Viking experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, name changes every other week. And then they were off of TV for like a month. (laughs) None of that helps, so I don't blame them not getting a reaction. Yeah. And I think it's a tough gimmick because I think it is something that, like the Ascension, uh, going to the example, their gimmick is a little outlandish and a little cartoony. So I think you really mm-hmm. have to build them properly, or it's so easy to become a joke when you stand out like that if people don't take you seriously. Yes, this is a man coming to the ring wearing horns on their head. Yes, one. Yes, yes, that is the quintessential definition of corny. Yeah. And and calling yourself a Viking uh, when that's in your name. I mean, Vikings didn't call themselves Vikings, right? That was yeah. <laughs> given to them later. So anyway, it, it's it's. I mean, I wish they would just go back to War Raiders. I don't know if Vince just doesn't feel that's PG, which is they call Ember Moon the War Goddess, even though that's not technically her name. But I don't know. I mean, why is War? I don't know, whatever. Go ahead, move on. Uh, Drake cool. Maverick backstage with his wife. Uh, is that his yeah. real wife? Is that his real wife? Yeah, I believe uh, so. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The the wedding, everything, all that was legit. Uh, they filmed the twenty four seven stuff after the actual wedding, so they went back and filmed it. Um, but yeah, that's Renee Michelle. She was in the twenty seventeen um, May Young Classic. Uh, oh. She's she's wrestled in the past, Maryland Championship Wrestling, uh, lots of indies. Uh, so she, you know she's uh, she's got a strong background. She's got a cool look. I mean, she can I think she can be a star if. Uh, depending on how the user, but yeah, cool. that's real, real wife. So after that, speaking of wives, uh, Carl Henderson and Luke Gallows were backstage with uh, AJ Styles. AJ was saying he's going to get that title shot and uh, beat Ricochet for the WWE United States Championship. And Anderson said he did not believe he could beat Ricochet and put his hot Asian wife on the line. <laughs> well, he gets, <laughs> he gets to keep her, right? Well, <laughs> There's that. Um, and then we went to No Way Jose versus Cesaro, which was kind of a nothing yeah, match. Uh, yeah. Really there for our truth coming out in No Way mm-hmm. Jose's conga line, taunting yeah. uh, Drake Maverick and his wife who were in the crowd. <laughs> setting that up. Was good. Yeah, it was cute. Um, 
Cesaro attacked Jose, started the match. Um, did they? No, they didn't even finish this. Never officially. No, started. they never started it. And I That's felt like this was more effective. I, I mean, yeah, Cesaro versus No Way Jose. You know what's going to happen. But I thought, yeah. Cesaro kicking the crap out of him outside the ring, yeah. doing that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, his finisher. Yeah, on the outside, the neutralizer. I thought it was just way more effective than a match would have been. So I, I like this. Totally. Is no way is no way Jose over like even with kids or anything? No. I feel like no. Well, that's why I'm asking. I, mean, I don't know. I would think at maybe at live events if he opens the show up, people are probably into it. But that's oh. probably about it. <laughs> yeah, somebody who's never seen him before, maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. I mean, he's got size. He's got kind yeah. of a cool look. He does got sneaky size, doesn't he? He's taller yeah. than what you think he is. Yeah, he needs to get under a mask or something. Changes. Total gimmick up, or you know, like get away from this. Yep. Yeah. Uh, after that, what happened after that? Oh, Street Profits were backstage. Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins. Montez gave they gave him a lot of time on the mic. Talked about uh, yeah. wanting the smoke with others on Raw. It was good. I, it's prom- the promo was was, was pretty good. I, I didn't like the beginning part though. Like they're super witty funny the promos are usually really good they don't need to be like copying rock do you, do you know what i mean like yeah I that was weird like where, where, where the hell did that come from yeah i felt like they kind of threw fans off too like they kind of got it's quiet not, when he started doing that like it's it was not like, who they that ain't who they are and I, I don't get what the point of what that was you know what i mean right what was the point of bringing them out tonight and having them do this i mean what what's the plan you think for them short term i'm guessing this is their main roster call-up okay I mean, that's what it seemed like to me. I mean, they, it, they don't just usually randomly have guys cutting promos. So. Now, remember, this is a shoot of Paul Heyman taking over that show, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is what he did when he was in OVW, when he actually took over Ohio Valley Wrestling. He made freaking, like, quick and, like, immediate changes to, like, he started using talents that were not on OVW TV before he took over. Right. When Cornette was running it, and then when Paul, he, when Paul came in and took over he used a lot of talents that nobody had heard of, but he believed in, and uh, it changed. Like Ken Anderson couldn't even get on our TV at the time. All right, and then he brings him in, does his whole, you know, gets him super over, and a lot of other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, Lashley, I want to say, and some others, and um, Maria, and many, many others that weren't even couldn't even crack our OVW TV. I'm telling you, for like a year. And um, so I think my point is with, with Street Profits, I guarantee you that was his call up. I guarantee you that was his idea and saying, if this is my show, we need to boost. We need to bolster our tag division. We need to have a legitimate tag division. And I want these guys called up. Yeah, I mean, they got the charisma. I mean, yeah, yes, Montez Ford, especially. I think that guy's going to be a superstar down the road. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, they, they look poised. They didn't look nervous. Um, so, yeah, I thought, you know, it was a, it was a good they, I just Good hope they start. Start. Roger, I hope they stay away from the and Glenn probably could could uh, agree will agree with this to effect, to some degree. I don't like when they put we say this all the time as a show, uh, as a podcast. We don't like when they put like Japanese talents in these stereotypical Japanese roles. Yeah. I'm hoping they stay clear of that with these two African American wrestlers being in a tag team, like they did what they did with crime time, remember? Right. Yeah. Like they played to every horrible um, stereotype, every negative stereotype that they possibly could. They made those guys do. The guys did a great job. They were funny with it, Crime Time. God bless them, but they don't have to always do that. All right. You know, so, you know I'm what I mean? Sorry. But, but yeah. they are called Street Profits, so I, I don't know what. Right. How do they stay I, clear of that? 
I'm glad you brought that up, Matt. That was my worry tonight. I felt like I don't know where the line is, but I could mm -hmm. see it based on what they were doing. But sometimes I feel like it's not my place to say or yeah. call foul on something like that. But I agree. There was something about it that seemed a little more caricature than character. Yeah, it, mm. it, it, honestly, we could say something because it's it's because it's we're, 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 yeah, we're with yeah. a white, yellow, black, Puerto Rican, or Asian, Fife dog from the Zulu Nation. That's a tribe Word. called quote. Um, <laughs> is um is it, 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 it we can because we're the fans watching it, and, and, and at times it's patron. They they try to patronize us at times, and I want to make sure that that's not what's happening with these two guys because these two guys are studs. They don't need that crap. Yeah, they don't need the bells and whistles. As far as being negative stereotypes goes, they can just go out in the ring and be two stud ass athletes that talk mad crap and back it up. Like that's good enough for me as a fan watching. I want to see those. I want to see those guys. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think with any performer, and you certainly know this better than anyone, it's you're given a character, but you ultimately have that final say of, am I comfortable with this? Is this what yeah. I want to portray and what I want to do? So I defer to to Montez and Angelo that this is something they're comfortable with and they want to put out there. New guys getting called up. I mean, Jesus Christmas, guys, I stuttered on national television for crying out loud in my black underwear. So let's <laughs> really die horrible black hair dye. Um, but I'll digress. That's my point. When you're new and you're young, you'll do whatever yeah. the hell it takes to get on there and start. And you think you can make everything work. So it's hard to say no yeah. when you're new. So God bless. I hope they're able to. But then again, it's Paul that's doing it. So I, I trust Paul. Yeah. No, I mean, we'll see how it evolves. But uh, I agree. I felt like it could go either way for a few moments there tonight. Yeah. And we'll see what happens in the coming weeks. Uh, Real quick, well, quick note about Paul Heyman and uh, yeah, Eric Bischoff. So yeah. Heyman, you know, tonight was his first night, uh, you know, officially in, in that role. But it, it, the changes are going to be coming slowly. Like, it's not it's not like he had complete control tonight. You know? He didn't? So, uh, no. So he's still... You know, they're, they're slowly going to be implementing his cha his changes and things. Like find that. I'm out sure that opening segment. Profits up. I would find guess out, it was Paul. Find I mean, out why they were called up, though. Seriously, find out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was Paul, but um, and he's had some you know influence backstage for a while now. He's been you know working creatively a little bit here and there. Because in there, Mike Canales would not have been on tonight's show, dude. No effing way. Yeah. Yeah, so he definitely had, you know, input tonight, and you could see it. The show felt a lot different than usual. Um, as for Eric Bischoff, he's moving. You know, he did an interview. He's um, or he he talked about it on his podcast. He's starting with WWE, pretty much imminently. He's moving to Stanford. Wow. Um, and wow. I guess he's going to be starting the week after Extreme Rules. So, Roger, what are they getting paid? Do you know? No, no. I mean. For him to move from where he lives, like in peace and get the hell away from me, people. I'm just gonna hang out my house and do podcasts and make money all day. Right. For him to be interrupted from that, <laughs> yeah. you got to imagine they threw a lot of money at him. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. Uh, I'm sure it's not a small amount. No, if I if I was making what his podcast is making, I mean, yeah, yeah it would it would take a lot. And he's still doing his podcast. Well, so he's not giving it up, but still, right. Yeah. More is always better, I suppose. Yeah. Um, going to talk about a lot more. The Undertaker. Uh, also going to touch upon the Mike and Maria Canella situation. Now, unlike Mike Canellas, I've got my own nutsack, and it's not in my wife's possession. I've got mine right here. Rod, you got your nutsack at the ready to whip out? I do. It's right here. 
Yes, Nutsack sponsoring tonight's episode. Why are they called Nutsack? Not, not for the reason you think. It's because they were told they were nuts to manufacture in America. Nutsack makes perfect bags for your everyday carry, and it's fantastic. I use it when I'm going out and about. Uh, I've been using it lately. I've been back on the DDP yoga tip, so I've liked that I've been able to keep a water bottle in there, have some uh, you know, nice place to put my wallet when I change, when I work out at the gym. It's really, really good whether I'm going to business, whether I'm going to work out, whether I'm just even out running errands or going to a trade show. Nutsack has been awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome for all my travels, all my endeavors. And like I said, Nutsack is made in the USA out of high quality materials and craftsmanship, American wax canvas, American leather, American labor, strongly water resistant. And in fact, your Nutsack comes with a lifetime guarantee. Now you give them two weeks and they claim they will change your life and I can back that up. In fact, they guarantee that you'll love your Nutsack versus stuffing your pockets or they have a 30 day money back guarantee. Nutsack makes the most comfortable bags. They're not too bulky. They're rugged. They're durable. You can beat the hell out of it. And you don't have to stuff your pockets. Oh, man. You don't get that Costanza wallet effect. Having your keys poke your thighs. You can also keep your daily essentials, flashlight, glasses, technology. I keep my iPad in mine. Extra batteries, chargers, everything I need. You can be better organized and just grab your Nutsack and go. And right now, Nutsack is offering our listeners $5 off their first purchase. But to receive this discount, you have to go to Nutsack.com. Now, that's N-U-T-S-A-C.com. And use the promo code wrestling at checkout. You're going to save $5 off your first purchase. Nutsack, American manufactured bags, super high quality, absolutely the perfect essential go-to item for any man who's got to be places and needs to take their stuff with them. Nutsack.com, promo code wrestling, save $5. Raj, how's yours working out? For? Oh, sorry, Matt. Who cares? How do you clean? How do you clean? How do you clean yours? How do you get rid of from under from, from, from yours, uh, Glenn? <laughs> Is Just there a way to clean it? A wet microfiber cloth, guy. man. You know. Can I throw it's, it in the washing machine? No, it's leather. You know. Yeah, man. Look, my mine's, I have a, mine. I can throw it in. mine's a little beat up. It's a little rugged because I, I've been taking it on hikes and everything. I put my iPad in there, my laptop. Thing. Yeah, I gotta. It's, I don't shave it, so it's rugged. <laughs> well, I was gonna ask that, and I, I, I actually, it's funny you said trade show because I'm not exaggerating. I, I just came from a trade show in Las Vegas, and I uh, actually had that because I had to put my small uh I had like an ipad yeah um along with my phone and along with like a bunch of different i actually brought my eight by tens believe it or not to a trade show that i was there to be selling laser equipment at mind you and um but that was the perfect size it was the perfect size um bag to bring instead of my big annoying clunky um bag that i usually have to carry around that carry that my laser is usually in yeah um, it was perfect. This is my first time of actually being able to put it to you, so I liked it. And why? And why? Why do they say they're crazy for wanting to uh, create this product in America? Well, you know it, man. When you're doing American-made products, you're going to pay a higher cost for labor, first and foremost. You're going to pay oh, a higher cost okay. for high-quality materials. So gotcha. the problem with most messenger bags, I'm sure you've owned quite a few in your time and backpacks and whatnot, <laughs> is you buy these ones that are made overseas. They're made from cheap uh, quality materials, not made by the most skilled trained labor. And the problem is you have it. It's good for maybe a couple months, a year max, and then it starts falling apart. The seams start sure. busting on it. Stuff starts falling out of it. What I love my nutsack is this is durable as hell. And uh, I can't say that about a lot of other bags that I've owned. Does yours does does yours drop or like does you have a, does you have like a long like what do you call it a shoulder strap? Yeah, I have the shoulder strap on it, yeah. which is nice for crossbodying. I mean, it's yeah. really good, man. I had to bring a lot of stuff back from Starcast, and it was perfect. So I've been a big messenger bag uh, guy for years, and this is definitely the way to go. Most comfortable one I've owned, and again, nutsack.com, n u t s a c.com. Promo code wrestling save five dollars off your first order. 
we got the undertaker tonight uh shane mcmahon and drew mcintyre came out shane did his intro shtick uh started cutting a promo and then boom lights went out there's a little thunder that was cool honestly guys let's just be honest the 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 pop of the crowd you know what i mean for the thunder was cool but then for each progressing bong was awesome yeah Um, but i wish they gave drew a little bit more time to talk um i like that he wasn't scared to take her i love that effect a lot um because i know taker i know he's looking at drew going like I want to do business with this kid. This kid's money. I know it. I know it. No doubt about it. My head. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I thought Drew looked like a million bucks out there. Yep. Just giving that Undertaker that death stare. Like not yep. scared at all. Not in awe. Just looking like a badass. Undertaker, you know, overall this segment I thought was a thumbs up. Uh, yeah. The only t- part it really kind of went downhill is when Taker started talking. Um, oh, I kind of dug it. Oh, really? I thought it was it's just the like- same promo that he's done, been doing yeah, forever. It just, yeah, it didn't. Yeah, I felt like they just kind of gave it to him before he went out. Like, like they didn't put much thought into it. I, I didn't think it was very generic, didn't you think? Yeah, and it felt and it felt long. Like you, you were kind of waiting. I was almost waiting for how long he was going that he was going to come up with something different. And it was just the same shit, you know. The it's taking two souls and you'll be dead. Yeah, but remember I, the. Oh, I'm sorry. I like the. I like that he put over Shane. He had a, he had a, a respect, a little bit um, <laughs> after WrestleMania. I like that. He did some good, you know, some good stuff in that, right? But the, but the, but the soul taking and whatnot. We've yeah, we you're right. And then the fans kind of booed him a little when he said, uh, "You may be the best in the world in this world," or something like that. Like the fans did not want to hear no. anything remotely close no. to Shane being the best. In the world. <laughs> <laughs> and what does that tell you? If that's Undertaker, he don't ever get booed. <laughs> right, yeah, shitty really ever. But seriously, it's, it's got to be a sh- yeah, it's got to be a shitty line if Undertaker's getting booed. Yeah. Um, Okay, but here's what I liked about it. And compare this to what we saw at Raw 25 at the Manhattan Center. They kept the lighting dark. He didn't take the hat off, so we didn't get the stupid red line across his forehead. I never noticed Um, that. That always takes me out of the moment. Every time he takes the hat off, he's got that indentation. He doesn't Um, do that for promos. Sometimes he does. He always stays with the hat on and everything. He he never. But they don't keep the lighting down. What I'm saying is they gave us the mystique. It was there. Um, It was short. I liked Mm -hmm. it. I thought it was good. Uh, I like yeah. how he said, you know, uh, his relationship with Roman. It's like Roman didn't uh, call him yeah. out. He, he did it proactively. I thought it was good that he put over um, yes. Drew and Shane a bit. Uh, a little biblical with the end there, which is kind of – I liked it. I thought it was uh, worked well. Um, I'm looking forward to this match. And him and Drew looked pretty darn good uh, facing off with each other. Look, you know, people on social media are going to rip Taker all the time saying he's too old and needs to retire. And there's truth to that, right? I mean, he is very – I mean, he's up there. He's 52 now, 53. Um, but he, people care about him more than anyone else on the show. Who and that, that reaction in their entrance. Come on. Exactly. And that match is going to get the most uh, the most interest. I mean, people shout on Undertaker and Goldberg, but that match by far had the most interest on that show. And that's over mm-hmm. the two world title matches. So uh, it's going to be the case here, too. This tag match yep. is going to be the get the most interest on this uh, pay-per-view. It will. Um, so that match is happening in Extreme Rules. What's up with Roman Reigns? Um, what do you mean? Well, he wasn't on the show tonight. Now, did you think it was interesting um, that when the New Day came out, Corey Graves said, oh, I'm sick of seeing these guys because of the wild card rule. Oh, <laughs> no. But 
I mean, I, I did. I I almost thought they didn't mention the wild card at all. So yeah. they did. It seemed like they. Uh, this was restraint tonight compared to recent weeks. So I mean, Roman. Um, yeah, I mean, he just wrestled on Raw last week. Uh, uh-huh. It was good when he was on. I thought. Yeah, and I'm sure you know maybe he'll be on SmackDown tomorrow. I'd expect him to be. Um, and you know he hasn't been on SmackDown in a while. He's been on Raw every week and not SmackDown, even though he's technically a SmackDown guy. Right. So hopefully that just means he's going to be on SmackDown tomorrow night. Uh, Baron Corbin was backstage with Lacey Evans while she was getting ready, mm-hmm. and Baron addressed uh, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch about the winner takes all match, winners take all match at Extreme Rules. What did you think of this promo uh, and how they both came across, Matt? Major League promo from Corbin. I'm sorry. I thought everything in his delivery, his facials was, I'm telling you, it was spot on. I, on Twitter, I'm seeing people make fun of how big his head is compared to his <laughs> head. And I'm going, you all missed his damn promo, though. His promo was money. And again, because he's wearing his gimmick that he's wearing, it doesn't matter because he's cutting a promo backstage. Yeah, you I thought Corbin. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. I thought Corbin, I agree with you. I thought Corbin was good here. Uh, Lacey. I thought she looked like a million bucks, but um, this stuff that they scripted her, uh, I, th- I thought that's, was pretty bad. That's going to be tough. It's always going to be tough for her. And, you know, the bless your heart was was perfectly timed and executed. I know it doesn't seem like much, but it's playing towards her character. We'll g- you give her credit for that, right? Mm-hmm. But that's really about hitting that promo um, for her. Right. It's tough to connect that damn character into today's day and age and how you're going to talk about this match. and. And whatnot. It doesn't have to be a story about a wandering eye. And they, it's, it's, it's such a low hanging fruit, WWE. Like, good Lord. It really is. It's such a damn low hanging fruit. You don't always have to go grab it. All right. Wait, <laughs> did, wait, wait. Did Matt Morgan get woke? Did we have like a body swap thing happen with our minds in between podcasts, Matt? Like, you're bringing up all these points I normally start talking about. I'm kind of impressed here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a weird angle. It was weird. I, this whole thing is just, it's getting, no one is looking good in all this. Actually, Mike and Maria looked good in this tonight. Or Maria I, looked good. I think Baron is. I you think, think so? Baron is. And I think work-wise, uh, Lacey is. Because she's getting in the ring and she's looking like a freaking monster. She looks like a star. I mean, she looks like uh, such a star. that's undeniable. But <clears throat> yeah. She had that match tonight against Natalia. Baron Corbin was ringside for that. Uh, how do you think that match played out? I mean, did you see that clothesline on it? That started off the match on the outside of the ring from yeah. Lacey? Holy crap. Dude, she's starting to lay her stuff in, which tells me she's getting more comfortable. And that's important. That's You don't want crap that is see-through. I'll give you one spot that was see-through. It's when she took Natalia by the head and simply tried to head bonk her in the corner on the top turnbuckle. And then mm. she went to go do it again when, when Natalia was not ready to do that. She's ready to back up into the corner. Little things like that. You got to take control, verb your opponent, and you have to be very physical at times in a working way because the heels are just supposed to call the match, even though in this case, Nat- um, Natalia is um, the, the more experienced one and definitely the quarterback in the, all those matches between the two, and she's the leader. But still, as a heel and a bigger heel, you need to always look like you're being overly physical with your opponent. And you can't kind of gingerly pick them up by their head and go to head bonk them and they don't want to do it. It, it just looked crappy. It's the only thing in there I thought that was very see-through, which means she's improving. Yeah. Well, I've, I just noticed how many people are watching us live. This is kind of almost like a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot tonight. It's almost I'm like right. a, it's almost like a B show. I'll tell, I'll tell oh, you afterward. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, it's because it keeps changing, but uh, mm. cool. 
when we get to our peak, I'll tell you. But do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, like she's getting, she's improving every time. And absolutely, I, I was wrong yeah. about her from the beginning. No, she's a, she's a. I mean, she plays her character well. I, I you know, to your point, Matt. I think they got to dial it down a little bit so she could be a little more realistic and not a caricature. Um, Why does she, she need it, Raj? She's a badass. Like, no, dude, I know. She was, she's military police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, so you could like tone down the over of over southern belleness of it, and Dude, uh, and she's yeah, a legitimate, her... legitimate Wonder Woman, like in real life, would whip our all three of our asses. Like, what in the hell? She doesn't need to be doing this. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get I, it. And I wonder why that's not her gimmick. More Me like either. Wonder Woman, more like a female super soldier. You know? Yes, Captain Marvel all day. Yeah. Be, yes. Yeah. Like, no, nope, I agree. Uh, but instead, we get one of the designing women in a wrestling uh, in a wrestling ring. Um, I thought Natalia the match was good tonight. Baron Corbin tripped Natalia. Uh, Lacey Evans took advantage, got the pin and the win while Natalia was distracted with her attention to Corbin. And after that, Rollins and Becky were looking on from the back. Ricochet was backstage with uh, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. Charlie Caruso interrupted, asked for a word. Uh, they were building up his match tonight against AJ. Did the um, that that Ricochet promo was a little was a little rough. I feel bad criticizing him because he's so awesome in the ring. But <laughs> yeah, he is. But what, like, okay, like play a character. If his natural persona isn't coming across like the stud athlete he is, pretend you're somebody else. Figure out: Are you Will Smith? Who's your guy? Who's your spirit celebrity that you're going to pretend to be? I feel that he just needs to project a little more natural swagger on the mic, and he could be the face of this company, but that's what's holding him back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it is. There's a little disconnection when it's time for him to talk, but um, it's, it's, it should be improving. He's getting, yeah. he's, he's getting enough reps, in my opinion, where it should be starting to improve. Uh, AJ and Ricochet faced off backstage and it devolved in them slapping each other in the face before. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. I, I like that. I like the promo. Uh, you could, you could kind of see the foreshadowing of AJ kind of turning heel. Um, yeah. it was cool. I think, it, you know, it was effective. I, I felt, you know, I've been saying this for a while now, like AJ has been getting a little, uh, yeah. bland as a baby face. So yeah. Yeah. This works. After that two out of three falls match. Between the Miz and Elias, each this picking is, up a fall. Oh, this, is where the, this is where the show lost me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah same here. I, this, I think I went to get a, go get a snack once this this two out of three falls match started. The two out of three fall stuff is just ridiculous at this point. You don't. I mean, they're doing it every show. Just have one fall and have a different segment. You don't need three segments with you know the Miz and Elias or or whatever two. I guess it was tonight. Yeah. I feel like they're really running out every single way they can think of to stop the action before it goes to commercial. I mean, we'll talk about what they did in the main event, but I feel like they're just running through a list. Right. Like here's every possible way we can uh, have a break in this and not have it feel forced. Um, so the Miz won this match. It was what it was. I'm assuming in extreme rules, they're going to face each other. Yeah. Miz won. Miz won the first fall. Is that right? Yeah. Then Elias got one. Then the Miz got the third after the commercial. And Elias beat Miz last week. I mean, they've been just trading victories. It doesn't mean anything at this point. Miz is keep saying it. If he doesn't turn heel, uh, he's going to keep going further and further down the card. I mean, if, if he's going to be on uh, Extreme Rules, it'll probably be in a pre-show match. 
I don't, I can't see him and Elias being, you know, anything more than that. Yeah. 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 It felt weird. Didn't it seem weird to you guys when he was coming down the ramp and he was sitting there with the crowd posing with them? Like that just seems so unmizlike. This is a very uh, new territory for him. <laughs> Yeah, it is, but you still gotta you gotta try new things when you get an opportunity like he's getting to finally not be Dickie Miz that he's been for like three hundred years. <laughs> but don't you think I'm sorry? He's better as Dickie Miz for three hundred years though, unfortunately. Yeah, so he's you know, he's gonna be welcome back as a heel by the crowd for sure. That's what I'm saying. Some guys can do it, but like I mean, this gives me pause. Like I don't think MJF is ever gonna get a face turn. I think it's gonna go about as well as this. If he, he, simple on what you do with MJF. You'd make all the witty big dog moments where he big dogs the audience or he big dogs whoever the hell it is. You just make it his opponent. That's all you mm. do. His promos, because he's funny as hell. He'd be yeah. able to flip that, in my opinion. I think he's, he's Perhaps. His money. Do you watch uh, MJF's media scrum? Come on, what kind of question is that? How many t- the question is how many times did I watch? <laughs> He's so hilarious. Did you hear uh, when Nick asked him about uh, Jungle Boy telling him that, you know, saying that uh, MJF went long in his promo and <laughs> JF just got <laughs> Nick's face and then went off and just took off. Yeah. It was, it was great. Uh, it's on a Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel, so check it out if you it have should, it. I hope so. Uh, uh, Nick added to it. Added, <laughs> Nick totally added to his character in that moment in time. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's great. See, but if I were the Miz and I were just hearing about this guy and seeing this, if I were the Miz and seeing what Jericho is doing, I would just be itching to turn heel again because the Miz is so good when he does yeah. this, and it's so yeah. awkward with him as a face. It's just not quite connecting. Um, after that, okay, the, for me, this aside from the the crash at the beginning, this was I thought, uh, you know, le- leading to a high point of the night. Uh, Becky and Rollins backstage kind of having a little awkward interview about their relationship Ugh. and like flirting with each other a little bit, talking about Rollins being impulsive. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Maria Kanellis comes out, uh, starts talking about being the first couple of WWE, mm-hmm. talks about pushing out an eight pound baby out of her uterus. Uh, <laughs> said that she deserves a title. Mike Canellis appeared, and then, yeah, they said that they're gonna have a, a mixed match uh, face off, and then called Mike Canellis her bitch, uh, and then said they'll face mm-hmm. Rollins in his, which was like, whoa, that's a little yeah. Edgy. My bitch will face your bitch. Yeah. Um. They yeah. they went to the ring for this match that was really just a squash of Mike uh, when Becky tried to get Maria involved. Maria grabbed the mic and started just emasculating. Mike Canellis, uh, yes. seriously, he's not a man. He couldn't even get her pregnant again. Um, it was pretty savage. Everything from not okay. doing chores to, uh, I think she said something about him not being able to get it up. At this um, one, she said, Becky Lynch, she said, the man over here has a better chance of impregnating me than you do, right? Didn't she say yeah. that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Damn. That's what it was. That's the one out my jaw dropped. I was like, whoa, geez. I can <laughs> come back from that. Um, really quick. Let's. Real, uh, the, real quick, the finish, and then Becky submitted uh, Mike Canellis, which doesn't help. Matt. No, but, and on commentary, they did the thing again where commentary said he took his wife's last name because you know Vince thinks that's like the biggest emasculating move. Yes, he does. And I was going to say this has Vince written all over it as far as what they were doing with poor Mike Canellis. There's come on, do you know what I mean? This this was overboard, but it worked for Maria Canales. Let's just call it Spade a Spade. Like she was the ultimate heel on tonight's show. She yeah. crushed it. And yeah, I wonder if she's. Steam. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. She's got some great steam on her. She has some awesome heat right now. That's authentic heat right there. She has. It's very rare to get. 
Yeah, I wonder if she's really pregnant or if this is part of the storyline. Um, yeah, good question. Because that is something Heyman would use, right? Like it, it is, but by the same token, they haven't been. Well, you said they've been on 205 Live being featured. Yeah, for how but long? She, hasn't, she hasn't been doing anything active, though. But um, <laughs> they've been on 205 Live for, for months. You would think maybe she would announce she would have announced that prior. Usually, when people aren't on TV very much being featured, those are the times I've seen in the past, at least, where, where some talents would announce they're pregnant, right? Yeah. But but um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about them to know that or not. I just know that she's got some heat on her. She was great. I gotta say this, man, and we've talked about this before when they started using Seth and Becky's um, relationship, you know, on screen. Yeah. It that was just brutal. The stuff with them. Um, Backstage too, terrible. It's terrible. Talking about the belt being on her and bed is becoming a problem. That couldn't he could not have sounded any more uncomfortable. He looked like such a geek doing this, and and he Becky did. just came across as annoying. They're gonna kill these guys dead if they keep doing this stuff. You know? Which is a shame because you would think boyfriend and girlfriend would have amazing on paper. If you just think about it, just on paper, you would you would think well. We're trying to get Seth more over, or we're trying to get Becky even more white hot, if you will. Who could we put them in a segment with that makes them incredibly comfortable, where they can just let their hair down and be themselves finally? Well, obviously, one another's spouse, or in this case, one another's boyfriend, girlfriend, their significant mm -hmm. other. Who else is going to make it more comfortable than someone who loves them, right? So mm -hmm. on paper, I would understand the logic. But once you saw it the first time, should have been enough for them to say, oh, shit, no. No, 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 no. X this completely off. Yeah. And let's go back to where we were with these guys. Yeah. It reminds me of like when you have those friends and it's like, I like you two individually, but I don't want to hang out with you two together. It just makes them both uncomfortable. Becky's more comfortable between the two, you could tell. But he, Seth, is just his voice changed. His tone was changed too. Did you notice that? It was a little bit higher, yeah. a little bit like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm, I'm probably overanalyzing it here, but it was noticeable to me in the backstage segment. Yeah, I, I I just thought this was just just awful stuff. Like we don't need our we don't need him being you know trying to be too too cute too right. comedic. And we would all do this, and so I don't know where do you draw the line though, Raj? Because I could see myself totally doing that with my wife in real life at dinner with my friends and stuff like that, and saying, you know, I told you this place was the bomb. Who who told you who 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 who, who suggested we come here? <laughs> no, I did. This guy right here, <laughs> and she would just look at me. I'm like, just playing. She was all her idea. You know what I mean? And, 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 and people would laugh, probably. Okay. It, we've all been there and done that. I just don't know if I want to see it on my wrestling show. Right, exactly. You know, like, I'm sure, like, UFC fighters do that. But you don't want to see that yeah. in a pre-fight promo. You know, <laughs> that's a really good analogy. Yeah. That's actually a really good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway. So, yeah. I just think this is – it's going to hurt both of them. Uh, you know, I think fans like them too much that it's not going to do any permanent damage or anything. But – they're losing a lot of their edge uh, every week. Hey, all right, man, it's a dumb question, you guys. Do you think, though, for the kids watching, the female fans, that it adds to it? Do you think they're all going crazy for it? Uh, I don't know about kids, but I could tell you for the female fans, I mean, I was not the only one on Twitter tonight. Uh, for the first two hours, every woman we saw on Raw was involved with a man in a relationship in the segment with the exception of uh, Natalia. Um, 
I think that they want to see the women be given a time to sh sh uh, shine on their own and not just be who they're dating or have that involved. So I think for female fans, this is probably a step in the wrong direction. So a couple of the women in our chat are saying they hate it. So, All right. So. Thanks, ladies. All right. Good. Okay. <laughs> just making sure that that, that works. So yeah. we're not completely off here, right? Yeah. And people tweeting at me. One guy said his girlfriend walked in and was like, oh, that's cute. But uh, I'm not sure if that's because, what you're looking for when you're selling a pro wrestling okay. storyline. So my wife will stop. Yeah, that's a great example. My wife will say, those two, are they really, are they really dating or is this a gimmick? Yeah. Like, no, they're really dating. Really? So she'll sit down and watch like one second and get up and go, eh, and then keep walking and leave the room. Another thing is, I, I think, uh, which is weird for a real life couple, they don't have like chemistry. It's not like Miz and Maurice, right? That's what I was saying. They're, they're, that's what I'm saying. Because on, on paper, it makes sense for them to go here. It, yeah. it, it, it really does. But unfortunately, when you saw what happened the first time they were together, mm -hmm. that should have been enough for them to say, oh, shoot. And you know yeah. what I mean? Let's abandon ship now. They're too yeah. important for us right. to, to, to jeopardize and, and run a chance on this. And by chemistry, I don't mean as a couple, whatever no, they do is there. No. I meant on, on screen. screen. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But between the two, He's worse than she is. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough, but Maria looked great tonight. Poor Mike Kanellis. Um, I don't know where they go from here, but I'm really curious to see what they do with Maria from here because I think tonight was uh, her moment. Mike could have had a moment, man. Hey, Mike, Mike versus Seth. Like they they've done good. that match before. Mike is good. Mike yeah, that's what I'm saying. Good. He's really good in the ring. So I'm hoping. And he's super cocky. He knows how to play a super cocky character, right? Like all those years in Ring of Honor. Um, but but I don't know what you do with him out of this. I'm hoping something cool comes from it because usually when you're able to show when you're willing to show your ass that much and go mm. that deep and that far, swing yeah. for the fences all to make yourself look foolish. Vince usually repays you. He usually does. Yeah, he was he was uh, humiliated pretty he pretty was. hard here tonight. He so I would I hope this means yeah. uh, maybe Maria really is pregnant, and if so, if she's taking time off, then hopefully maybe that means Mike. This is leading to an, his him changing his name, dropping that stupid ass uh, entrance theme song that he has, and, and you know mm -hmm. the, the the Tron with the the hearts and everything, uh, yeah. and uh, come up with something more serious because he looked like a, a I mean he looked really good in that backstage segment. Good you know, the, yeah, exactly. He's 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 shredded now. Yeah. Uh, he he looked you know he was giving that killer stare to Seth. I mean he looked you know he looked mean. So mm -hmm. uh, I hope they go with that because he yeah. can be a, a real hand. The prodigy, yeah. right? That was his name. The prodigy. Am I making that up? Uh, was that it? I, I remember his miracle, Mike Bennett in TNA. Ring of Honor, though. I thought it was Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think you might be right. He was with the when he was with the Kingdom. Yeah. We'll see. It was a nice surprise seeing them tonight. Regardless, a little unexpected the angle they took. Uh, then we got a moment. Oh, we got Paul Heyman backstage uh, with Charlie Caruso. Uh, I was doing talking about cash in by Lesnar doing his normal tease. Street Profits interrupted him, messed around with him, taunted him. Heyman said he had to go because he's a busy man. He <laughs> walked off. They begged him to come back. Harmless. <laughs> yeah. So we we got that Paul Heyman appearance that they advertised. For yeah, the there you go. Fans in attendance. Um, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for a moment of bliss. They were uh, making small talk and then interrupted by Carmella came out again tried to tell nikki that alexa was taking advantage of her uh bliss called carmella our truth sidekick and this led to carmella versus alexa bliss which was a very quick match carmella rolled her up quickly got the win out of nowhere 
And after that, we went to commercial, uh, came back to Carmella versus Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, uh, this match went on for a couple minutes. Nikki Cross won this match. And uh, I think the takeaway was really after uh, them being asked backstage, how they feel about uh, where they're saying that the WWE Universe wants to see Nikki Cross face Bailey at Extreme Rules instead of Bliss getting that title shot. Uh, so further stoking tensions between the two. What did you think of all this, Matt? I, I thought it was well done, actually. I'm not a big Nikki Cross fan, but I thought tonight was a very good piece of business that was done. I thought that was really well done, actually. I wasn't expecting that stuff to happen. Damn sure was not expecting. Um, oh, geez. What a horrible. Um, Carmella? No. Uh, come on. You know. Alexa? Alexa Bliss losing, yeah. especially that quickly. Four seconds. Uh, you know, come on. Well, Alexa Bliss, they just did a feature on her WWE Network. She's all but the chosen one to a certain degree when you think about it. Yeah. You know, the girl's always winning championships. Um, I, I was surprised by that. And it was really well done. It's further the storyline. And it gets Nikki Cross way more over. And um, the, the finish that they went into for Nikki Cross's win was cool as hell, I thought. Um, and very different. I just, I just think like, I don't know. I think this brings another girl up in Nikki Cross. Because how many times have I been saying like, I don't want to see her be doing this. I want to see her being the crazy and insa- you know sanity, Nikki Cross more. But yeah. uh, nonetheless, you hear the crowd's reaction, right? Yeah, and I think if you, I mean, with the storyline, you could always go that uh, Alexa's unable to win it from Bailey, and Nikki does, and then that leads to the eventual blow up between Alexa and Nikki. And heads to a SummerSlam match. That'd be one of the better builds that they've had for a, a women's match yeah, since I was WrestleMania. Same thing. Okay, on the side of a bus or on the side of a of a advertisement or a WWE pay per view. You know, the back of those what do you call it? Production trucks where they have everyone's right. face on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so you might not see the, that with Nikki Cross versus Alexa Bliss, like you know, anywhere, anytime soon on something like that. But that's not what matters. What matters is what you just said. Is this is one of the first times in a while we've seen a long played out what could be a long played out storyline arc yeah and they they, we gotta like give them their props and go along with them yeah yeah absolutely and they they kind of planted the seed uh backstage when uh uh, i think it's sarah schreiber asked asked uh alexa and nikki like well fans are thinking that it should be nikki facing bailey now and who knows maybe they add her as a make it a three-way and add her in that match at extreme i think they don't have the discipline to not to to resist the three-way yeah, yeah. the I way you did it the first time, I was hoping uh, is the way it went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it goes, I should say. You know what I mean? But you're right. Yeah. Uh, Drake Maverick backstage with his wife. They were back on good terms after she after <laughs> he brought her to the show tonight. They were getting ready to leave. He was staying there by himself, and then our truth showed up. Uh, boom! Drake got the better of him. Hit him with the luggage. <laughs> called for a referee. Won the twenty four seven title. Then yelled for his wife to to come along so they could do it twenty four seven now. I think uh, a lot of people were almost expecting Renee Michelle, uh, Drake's wife, to win the title. Oh, crap. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 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 But they didn't do that. I, I like And then it. Drake could have <laughs> won it from her on their honeymoon. Oh, yeah, dude. Dude, Drake with that title is hilarious, I think. I think it's best with him, honestly. I don't know. He, his, uh, he's, he's a really funny guy. Anyone that watched him in TNA as Rockstar Spud knows so, that. And it, it's really coming across. He's really entertaining. Dude, I had so much stuff to give TNA. I used to talk to him. I did an indie show in England, and I met him there. And I was blown away just by his entrance. He used to come out to like Guns N' Roses, and he was like this like 80s 
gimmick, basically. Like, look like a lead singer from a band, basically. And he'd trip into the ring in the crowd. He'd come out looking all cool, and he'd trip into the ring on purpose over the bottom rope, and the crowd would always laugh at him. And I was in the UK just going, wow, this kid's got, like, charisma by the gallons. Holy crap. And he could work. And we kept in contact, and I started watching. He started posting these, like, YouTube uh, he created his own angle versus uh, wh- who was called at the time Party Marty's Girl. Ah. Um, right? He did that reality show, a dating show over yeah. there. Yeah, that was pretty popular that he got really popular from before he became the Marty's Girl we know now. He was a pretty boy at the time. Huh. And, and these two would have these awesome back and forth promos on YouTube with each other. But, of course, Rockstar Spuds was like a thousand times better. And um, I had so many of them. I just I kept saving them, saving them, saving them. And I bring them to Terry Taylor and uh, Russo. And then finally, he got to come back there once. And uh, it was like right when Bischoff took over. And then like Bischoff saw him. He was like, holy. Like he immediately like picked them up immediately. Wow. And, He's so talented. He's so talented. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to have to check those out. They're hilarious. Oh, my yeah. God. They're so funny. Party Marty's girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Roger Spud just kills him on. Just kills him. <laughs> uh, check that out. Before we get into the main event, there was a Mercy the Buzzard sighting tonight. No Bray Wyatt again on Raw, which fingers crossed extreme rules. was in the mid-segment. You didn't even put it over. You didn't yeah. see him in the background? I, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. We got Mercy the Buzzard, but no Bray. Sorry. Right. His puppets. His puppets. His puppets. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would think the night after Extreme Rules, if not Extreme Rules. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I've got to think that Heyman and, and Bischoff, I wonder if they're like, well, I guess it, it doesn't matter anyway. The, the wild card rule or whatever, uh, the talents are showing up on both shows anyway. But I'm sure both of them want Bray on, on their brand. I hope so. And I'm sure. I think Paul could do some really cool stuff with them. Me too. Yeah, can't wait to see what happens. The main event tonight, AJ Styles versus uh, versus Ricochet for the United States Championship. And uh, when did you know what this match got started? AJ pinned Ricochet. Ricochet's foot was under the bottom rope, but the ref counted to three anyhow. Actually, the instant replay they went to, they showed it, commentary called it out, and uh, we went to commercial, came back, restarted the match, uh, invalidating the win there. Uh, so they used that as an excuse tonight. And uh, then we got this match between the two ended up with Ricochet retaining, but the big shocker after was AJ going full heel attacking Ricochet gals and Anderson uh, out there attacking him as well. And uh, the club's back in business for the first time. It's been at least two years, right? Probably a little longer since these guys were doing stuff together. Yeah, this works, but let's just we'll, we'll get yeah. right to it. it. It works. This was a long time coming for AJ turning finally. Um, I think everyone in America knew he was going to turn in tonight's match. I did as soon as I knew it was, I think we all thought so. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But especially with then once we started watching Ron as each segment progressed with those two in their storyline and you could see Gallows Anderson completely, you know, stirring the pot, gassing him up along the way. It was perfect as a perfect setup, perfect storm for him to turn heel. Um, Love the styles clash off the second rope. That that was cool. I was showing my wife, um, uh, ricochet tonight for the first time. I was oh, like, wow. Because she's always been impressed with AJ, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. like, who's, this little, who's this little dude? AJ's in there. I'm like, he's the same height as AJ. You don't call him a little dude. He's the same height. <laughs> right? AJ's a little dude, too. And she's like, well, he's, you know, we like AJ. And I'm like, dude, he's like AJ times 10. I go, uh, I go, Larissa, dead serious. Go back to like when we used to watch AJ when I was in WWE and AJ 
just was done with a tryout camp that I had went to. I just got signed, and we went on YouTube, and we saw all these crazy flip-flops and flies from AJ Styles. Okay, AJ Styles at that time was the most stolen from wrestler on the planet. People were – cruiserweights were stealing all his crap because he was so innovative, right? So she knows all that. And I'm going, I'm telling you right now, this dude is AJ athletically times 10. Wait till you see. And she was just like, holy – like when he did the thing through over the top rope, backflip and landed on his feet on the yeah. outside of the guys. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how hard these things are. That dude does. Mm-hmm. So I thought this was a great main event. This could main event any show, in my opinion. These two, I don't care what the title situation is, even for no title. As far as in ring work goes, uh, for my money, I could watch these two go all day. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it's really fun. I like the, the, did we, did we get to the, uh, the 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 finish finish yet, or are we? No. So what was the finish finish? So uh, well, that. real quick. So the first, yeah. uh, you know, the referee uh, counted three. Another referee came in, told him, "Whoa, whoa, his foot was under the ropes," which I hated. I hate when they do that um, because what about the thousand other matches where where uh, you know yeah. it's a disputed finish and they don't have another referee coming? We're stupid. We said that we said this part, you know, that they, we, yeah. we we said we restarted the match. Right, but uh, we didn't say exactly how uh, he won the match. So how did he win? So anyway, so the match was restarted, and then at the finish, uh, yeah, Ricochet. Oh God, what did he hit? And, and he pinned AJ to get the win. Um, after the match, the club it looked like they were going to attack Ricochet. AJ looked like he was uh, getting ready to to defend Ricochet, then turn around, clock to Ricochet, and then the club just beat the crap out of Ricochet. I mean, they they laid a big beating on him. So. Uh, Really cool heel turn. Uh, the fans were into it. It was hot in the in the crowd. It's it's rare to see the crowd hot in the third hour, and and they were tonight. And if you listen closely, fans, if you if you DVR'd it like I did, go back and watch the very 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 end after Ricochet took the Styles Clash off the second rope. You could still hear fans in the front row just going Ricochet, Ricochet, <laughs> like like I was like he's dead. He's not coming back, people. This is not the time when you start chanting, but. That goes to show you he he's he's uh he just got is gonna have good heat out of this and fans believe in Ricochet, which is so hard as a baby face. Yeah, I kind of wish the only thing I wish is that AJ had turned heel on Rollins because I think I, AJ Rollins feud. Oh, I, I think the Rollins needs more help on top right now than, than Ricochet does. Hey, maybe maybe they go. I mean, they could go there do next. That. AJ, I mean, AJ has got to win the Ricochet feud. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. I cannot know. No, Ricochet needs to keep rising. Yeah, I think when you have someone have a title reign for too short, it hurts them more than it helps them. Yeah. Having Ricochet lose the title right off the bat uh, is not going to do him any favors. They could do a DQ and then have AJ move on. Okay, with the club, I could see it. You yeah. know what I mean? And then you have U.S. champion versus universal champion for a little bit as an angle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, heel AJ versus, like you said, Seth. But they just worked, didn't they? They did, but uh, so, so did Seth and Baron Corbin. Good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> intercontinental kind of level too. They had an angle. Yeah, yeah. So <sighs> yeah, I'd rather have uh, Seth and AJ again than Seth and Corbin. Uh, you think? <laughs> sometimes I just have to say it out loud and put it out into the universe, Matt. <laughs> it's important. Yeah, I think AJ versus Seth at SummerSlam would be uh, that would be something. That would get things right back on track as far as the universal title goes. Yeah. 
so and don't, uh, ever, and don't ever call me woke again, by the way, Glenn. Don't let me let show go if let me say that. Don't ever refer to me with that stupid I, word again. I was surprised you hadn't uh <laughs> destroyed more. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you snowflakes are so sensitive. This is what's wrong with this country. Don't try to reverse our gimmick on us, my friend. <laughs> um so final thoughts on Raw tonight. First awesome. Raw the Paul Heyman era. Awesome. Okay. It was a very well. I didn't know what to think going into it, you guys. I, like I said earlier, to start off the show, I went into the show ecstatic, excited. Holy crap! Paul Heyman's gonna have his way. What does that mean? So the fan in me was really excited for the first time in a long time. What did I tell you guys before we did the AEW coverage the other night? I should have said it on the air to be fair. And it was, doesn't it feel so much better talking about a show that you're excited about to actually come on the air and talk about? Does it doesn't feel like work? Like this does not feel like it's a job right now. It's fun. Right it, versus the many many weeks of Raw and SmackDown, where you're like, "Oh, this is the job." I would tell my wife, "Like, all right, go sign in the computer. I gotta go do the damn podcast. Oh, I don't want to watch the stupid show. It's horrible." Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so and for me, yeah, I I, I kind of felt the same way. I, I I enjoyed the show, you know, up and down. Again, the Miz versus Elias, it wasn't terrible or anything, but that was one of the down parts. And the right. Seth and Becky stuff. Other than that, I thought everything on the show was. Good to great. So yeah. I, I really liked it. Uh, and like I mentioned earlier, that this was the third week in a row that I thought Raw was a, a good mm -hmm. show. And that's, it's been a while since we've had that kind of consistency. So it was, it was encouraging, I thought. Yeah. So I think the, the faster pace is definitely helping a lot by not having the matches go through the commercial break. They need to find a way to stop doing all the restarts and just, you know, because yeah. that's going to get old really quick. But uh, yeah, big a big thumbs up for me this week. It was promising, and I hope it uh, continues down this path, and I think it'll only get better. Uh, what else is going on in the world of wrestling? Let's, let's talk about the fallout from uh, AEW Fighter Fest. Yeah, so Cody's fine. He he had a bunch of stitches on the head, uh, no concussion. Can I just put something out there? And I saw Blue Meanie put this out. He's a friend of mine. I love Brian. But I, I saw him and others put this out there about a gimmicked chair. Yeah. So you explain to me how the chair was gimmicked? So I guess it was pre-dented. That doesn't mean shit. Well, I think uh, so, yeah. So AEW president Tony Khan said the the chair was gimmicked during the uh, the scrum after the event. The Young Bucks said it too. So I, I think I, I think that. So I think the the main part of the chair. You're uh, saying the whip caught him, obviously. Okay, yeah. that wrapped around his head. I've been I've taken a thousand of them. I assure you. Okay, you cannot gimmick a chair. What you do do to gimmick it is you stomp on the lip before you grab the chair. You stomp on it to flatten it out. So if you do wrap around the guy's head, the lip cannot cut you now because it's flattened. Okay? But I'm telling you, it's still a shot to the head. It's still a chair shot to your head that rattles your brain around. Yeah, so, yeah, he hasn't been clear, but can you make a prop chair, like a fake chair, where the, the, the that main part is a different kind of material, where it's not steel, like it's tin I thought or maybe, something? Was it a padded chair? Because then maybe? Because I was really yeah. trying to think. I'm like, Brian knows his stuff. He's from ECW. Like, what is he talking about? He knows a dented chair doesn't mean shit. doesn't mean anything Yeah. as far as you getting hit over the head with it. Listen to me, you guys. You Technically, we can get a concussion. Just from the, anything that makes your brain swish back and forth in your head. Just one back and forth. That's all it takes. Mm -hmm. It's very simple to be concussed. I mean, then where do you draw the line? Every sport can argue you can get concussions. So, But with the chair itself, though, it's inevitable. So that's why it's outlawed, obviously, right? But yeah. I just want to get back to that. I don't understand what everybody meant by saying it was gimmick because 
there was nothing gimmicked about it. Yeah, that was the only thing I could think of was maybe it was a prop chair where the, the main part of the chair was, uh, yeah, either padded or made out of some kind of different material that didn't. But when, when, when Mini said dented, I'm like, dude, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I don't think anyone knows for sure what, you know, unless the Bucks, you know, told people off the record, but they've been being quiet exactly about what he meant. Tony Khan would not elaborate when uh, Nick had asked him at the, the presser uh, about it. And he just said it, it didn't go as planned. It was a gimmick chair. Um, and they, they had precautions that were put into place, but, um, and here's, bottom, and here's the bottom line. They're not going to, you know, it was, it was his decision to do it too. Right. It's no. the town's decision to do it. They want to do it. It is what it is. Um, you know, people aren't going to agree with it. Some people might thought it was cool for the moment. I don't know what, I just mm-hmm. know that, um, there's no question. Obviously everybody cares about their health. There's no question in my mind about that. That company is a damn family for crying out loud. These guys have been on the road for years. They created a lot of years, some of them together. Yeah. My guess is that they probably won't be doing chair shots anymore. No. <laughs> no. No. And it didn't take away. I want to be very clear about this. That did not, that's not a storyline that's big enough to take away from that show. That show was awesome. Yeah. No, it was a fun show outside of the pre-show. Um, I thought the yeah. card was awesome. Um, it didn't have as much. I mean, obviously, you knew it wasn't going to have enough. Right. The same kind of buzz as Double or Nothing. It didn't crack the Google uh, Google searches that night. Uh, what do you mean by that? The, the stuff that's trending. You know, Google has a uh, Google, Trend. Google trends. Yeah. Yeah. And like AEW Double or Nothing, uh, you know, cr- made the Google trends. This did not. You could compare. Did you know that in Google Trends? Yeah. There's multiple search engines, and you can mm-hmm. put like, okay, AEW f- fight. Uh, was it Fighter Fest? Yeah. Versus. The, yeah. Yeah, but uh, still, overall, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Tony Khan also afterwards said that these kind of matches, like the hardcore matches, obviously, they're, those kind of matches aren't going to be on TNT. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- they'll do that on pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, said they're not going to do intergender wrestling. He said, with all in, the things he did not like were uh, Jordan Grace getting punched in the face and uh, the penis droids. Which Nick Hausman asked about repeatedly and made him keep repeating the phrase. The penis droids? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those are, those are kind of the big notes coming out of uh, fighter fest. Hmm. Yep. Fight for the fallen two weeks away. Yeah. That's coming up quick. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that does. Uh, they haven't announced yet if that's going to be free. I'm assuming they, they talk, they're going to raise money. Uh, almost Tony Khan almost made it sound like it's going to have kind of like a telethon aspect to it. They're going to raise money during the event. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. Uh, what else? We got uh, Bischoff uh, comments that he's made about his new WWE job. Yeah, yeah. So he, uh, it was kind of what I mentioned earlier, he's uh, moving to Stanford. He's, he said it's the biggest challenge he's ever had. He's very excited. Um, and yeah, he's uh, he's pumped though. His podcast is going to continue, but they're not going to do the live shows anymore, which is similar to Bruce Pritchard. But um, yeah, so he'll be. You know, within a couple of weeks, you'll well, Bischoff will be in charge of SmackDown. What we should have led off with when you asked, when Glenn asked us, you know, anything else you guys want, to, anything else going on in the business, you should have led off with your the Wrestling Inc. interview with Ric Flair. <laughs> we talked about how he was not asked to uh, present the championship title in AEW's uh, inaugural pay per view. That is true. Yeah. Rick Flair. Uh, we got our uh, interview that's dropping on tomorrow's Winkly. So download. Uh, if you're not subscribed to our audio channel, uh, get it now. You'll get the full interview with Rick Flair on Tuesday's episode of the Winkly. Yeah. Talked about. Um, A yeah, lot of they, people are talking about this. If I hear about it, I'm not online much. If I'm hearing about it, everyone's talking about it. 
Yeah, yeah. And Flair, yeah, he said he was never asked to uh, present the title belt at AEW Double or nothing. That had been the rumor. Um, he talked about Bischoff taking over uh, SmackDown, saying uh, uh, he talked about, uh, you know, and and, and Paul Heyman. Uh, he, and we got more coming up, but he talks about Andrade dating Charlotte Flair. Um, oh. His, you know, coming back from, you know, the surgeries that he recently had. Uh, just, just tons of great stuff. So definitely check that out. I'm sorry, I'm not exaggerating. I heard like like seven different people in my gym tonight that was asking me about it. Nice. They know I do this podcast with you. Yeah, it's it's great stuff. And we also have on the Fourth of July an interview with the Patriot. If you guys remember, uh, oh, Dell Wilkes, Dell Wilkes, dude, he was in great shape, man. He looked like a million bucks. Yeah, he goes into great detail about his drug issues drug and drug. all the problems getting uh, going to prison. Uh, just, t- just tons of great stuff. He really opens up, and, and it was a longer interview, so yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And we got Kevin Von Eric coming up soon too. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Matt, you got any plugs before we take this home? Nope. There you have it. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I live tweet along with WWE programming. We'll be back tomorrow night for the first SmackDown of the, uh, well, I guess it's still pre-Eric Bischoff era, but he maybe has his hand in it a little bit. We'll see what happens tomorrow night on the air. Yeah, and they, they were teasing that Kofi versus Samoa Joe is going to be a ladder match, so I, I guess they'll probably do something tomorrow night to make that official. Very cool. We'll be back here to cover it all on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Until then, take care.